I'm Dante Centauri, and I love to talk about insects. I'm Mia Centauri, and I also love to talk about insects. So we'll be talking about insects together on Insect View. Welcome back to another episode of Insect View, where we're talking about the bumblebee. The humble, the humble, the humble, the bumble, the humble bumble. The, you know what? Forget it. Yeah, I was gonna jump in there, but I just kind of want to see where you were going with that. Well, it went nowhere, so thank you. It's funny you'd mention the humble bumblebee, <laughs> because the bumblebee actually used to be called, or an alternate name for it was the humblebee. Well, look at that. I'm a genius. Yeah, see? You unknowingly... Yeah. Perfectly segued. I'm the smartest person on earth. You can quote me on that. <laughs> the first mention of the name Bumblebee was actually from 15, the 1530s when someone said, uh, John Palsgrave stated, I bomb as a bumblebee doth. <laughs> <laughs> this dude sounds like an asshole. <laughs> I think it's just a, like a cutesy way of saying that he was stumbling around or confused. The bumblebee doth. Yeah, I, my, my life's goal is to use that in a real sentence one day. I know that saying doth and stuff was like normal back then. But it still sounds really stupid, so I'm going to yeah. go back and bully these people. <laughs> yeah, but that was actually predated by the term humblebee, because the term humblebee was used in the 1450s. It was used in fishing, fishing with angle. I think it's supposed to say fishing with angle, but fishing is spelled F-Y-S-S-H-Y-N-G-E. So... Well, I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a crazy time back then. You know, they yeah. were just they were just like, making the English language was just you could do whatever you could do whatever you wanted yeah. with the English language. You were like, I don't think there's a word for this yet. All right, well, there's one now. I'm pretty sure they spelled by they had a bunch of Scrabble tiles and they just threw it at a wall. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, well, there we go. Yeah, and the the humblebee kind of Charles Darwin actually referred to them as humblebees. So That's humblebee cute. was in circulation for a while until eventually it kind of like petered out after the 40s and then it, all, it was just yeah, all bumblebees i think this one sounds better sorry mm. charlie i i prefer bumblebees yeah that honest. sounds much humblebees what does that mean for this episode there's not too much to talk about like taxonomy wise because we're going to be covering just the genus uh bombus mm-hmm. which is all the bumblebees are in bombus so bumblebees have uh they, they make nests they have colonies uh they're you, know, you social insects um and their nests are a lot smaller than most other bee nests. They can be as little as, as 50 individuals in a colony. Um, and it depends on the species. Uh, the upper end is usually it's in like the hundreds. Um, whereas, you know, for contrast, something like a honeybee, uh, they can have thousands, like tens of thousands of bees in one, in one colony. So they don't, they don't get as big as some of the other insects that are, you know, the more classic... You social insects or you know, ants are another good example. Uh, so Those city folk. Small. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and a lot of them, they, they, they burrow underground or they, they make their nests underground or sometimes they'll use old rodent burrows. Um, but mostly they try to stay places that are out of the way and that are, you know, usually they try to stay cool uh, because overheating can be a problem. And while they're underground, they still do make wax and, and hives and that kind of thing. And they have these, they usually they'll make these, these clusters of cells and, um, you know, that's, that's where they grow their young and, uh, all that stuff. And they'll actually, they're, they're pretty tidy and they'll take out dirt and dead bees and all that stuff, uh, to prevent disease from spreading in the colony. So yeah, they're pretty, they're good housekeepers. Yeah. And they, 
have, obviously, you know, they, have, they have queens. The queens come out first, and then they lay the eggs, and then the workers come later. If you're out in the spring, and you can usually, a lot of times you can see the queens in the spring, because they're, like, the only bumblebees around at the time. They're these above-average-sized bumblebees. And you'll see them kind of buzzing around the forest floor, wherever their habitat is, looking for a place to make their nest, if it's early spring. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so the queens, will actually, they'll overwinter, but the workers will die. Um, so, you know, the queen will, if she mates and stuff, then she'll sort of store up on fats and that sort of you know, carbohydrates and all that. And then they'll, they'll, sort, they'll sort of hibernate. It's called a diapause. Um, it's just, it's like a resting state. It's not, it's not the same as sleeping, but it's, it's, you know, it's kind of weird. Like kind of just like a yeah. torpor. It's, it's, it's not really uh, like an analogous thing, I guess, in mammals, I don't think. Mm. Um... But yeah, so basically they, they usually they, they'll lay, they'll stay under leaves or under uh, ground or you know just to stay warm until the weather warms up, and then they'll come back out in spring. And usually you'll see you know you, they're pretty easy to recognize. Yeah, it's a bumblebee. They're not really subtle. Yeah. So yeah, and they have they feed their young the same way as other other insects. You know they they, they that's what the, the the pollen is for partly is to give them protein. Um, and they also, you know, they get nectar, and they live wonderful, wonderful childhoods. Yeah, they they store a lot less food than honeybees, though. So their colonies are way more prone to starvation. Because, mm-hmm. like, for the most part, the bees only t- take enough to feed themselves and feed their young. And maybe they fill up a couple small cells with pollen or honey. But they don't really make big stores like honeybees do, which is why, like, people don't harvest them for honey. Because they never hold on to that much. Well, I mean, I guess you could harvest them for honey if you weren't a coward. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, if you weren't a coward, you'd be harvesting from them for the larva. The delicious. Yeah, the, the true test delicious. of a beekeeper's metal is bumblebee honey. Yeah. <laughs> you get out to get out there with a the shovel and you get going. Yeah, I think that honestly, I think that the true test is uh, breaking into a wasp nest because then you know there is there's no reward except for the, the larva. So you know you get it's it's it shows that you really care about about eating healthy. You know. Look, it's the it's the legendary beekeeper. Yeah. They said they're so good they got honey from wasps. <laughs> oh my god. They're wearing like a gold suit. Yeah. Like like, like a gold beekeeper yeah, suit. When you... <laughs> yeah, when you when you get it's the like, wasp. It's honey. like how you know YouTubers get like golden play buttons and stuff and like, yeah. it's like that. They they just they keep mailing you uh different precious metals. Uh Yeah, the the bronze it... like the there's the bronze, the silver and the gold yeah. bee. The, the the bronze bee is if you can uh get honey from like a honeybee like a honeybee hive without getting stung, no suit or anything. The silver bee is getting honey from bumblebees, and the gold bee is honey from wasps. And the platinum one is for getting honey from a mammal, which yeah doesn't even really. <laughs> plat- you don't want to think about that too hard. Yeah. <laughs> the diamond, the, the the diamond bee is when you become an actual bee. Yeah. <laughs> that, by, by that point, you can't really wear it. So. Yeah, that, that's the highest devotion yeah. is becoming a bee. It's good to it's good to have goals in life. Yeah, but if you, if you are a aspiring. Uh, silver beekeeper, and uh, the the bumblebees don't really make it easy for you because they do defend their nests as any other bee does. And for the for most species, it's the standard response, which is and anything wanders in or tries to attack it, they stink it to death and kick it out of the hive. Yeah, sounds right. But this, yeah, <laughs> there's actually a, a a species, the great northern bumblebee. No, sorry, the golden northern bumblebee. Does it live in the north by any chance? It, you know, it actually does. No, I believe. Shut up. Yeah, but the great northern. I did it again. The golden northern, <laughs> northern bumblebee, it doesn't always go with the standard approach because if something, if like a, a insect, a gun? 
Yeah, <laughs> they're armed and dangerous. Yeah. All right, it's an American. Sp- <laughs> yeah. It's an American species, so yeah. it, it has the Second Amendment right to defend itself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it, it yeah, its sight stands. It stands its ground and shoots you. Yeah, it's like if you approach the nest and it has all those like Second Amendment bumper stickers like surrounding the the entrance. Yeah, <laughs> it has a little sign yeah. that says like "Solicitors will be shot" or something. <laughs> It actually, it, it actually does the opposite of an aggressive response. Oh, so <laughs> sorry. <Yeah. laughs> I feel bad now. And I, if a, if like a something comes in that would be a threat to the bumblebees and fighting it might like hurt them, they just kind of daub it. They like they dab honey on it, so they kind of just spit honey on it well, until it's like, oh, I don't like this, and it leaves. I mean, to be fair, if I was trying to attack someone for some reason, and they just put, they just had a jar of honey, and they kept trying to hit me with the honey, I think. I would just leave. Yeah, like, if I bust into somebody's house, and, like, a Home Alone-esque trap, a bucket of honey just fell on my head, I would, I, I would just take the wind out of my sails, you know? Now I'm sticky, like... It's kind of gross. My, I want to take a shower. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm wet. Oh, yeah. it's in my hair. I don't oh, like, God, I don't like even when I'm I'm making toast or something, and a little bit of honey gets on, like, my wrist or something. Yeah, really. Like, that Because, like, your I hair would, gets, all, yeah. gets all sticky. Yeah, I, that would work yeah, on but me. Honestly, that... <laughs> it, it, it would. Like, yeah. you think... You'd think that just stinging someone to death is effective, but, like, just spit on Take them. It to the next or level. dump honey on them. Bam, you're done. Yeah. Also, I think if someone was trying to mug you and you just started uh, eating honey, it, I, they would probably just leave you alone. <laughs> yeah, it's a power move. Yeah. Like, someone kicks down the door and puts a gun on your face, and you just, like, get your finger in the honey jar. Like, ah, wait, wait. What are you going to do? Shoot wait. me? <laughs> I'm eating this whole thing. <laughs> and you're watching me. Yeah. <laughs> and... Again, with this isn't about defensive strategies, but while we're on the topic of like American bumblebees, bumblebees in general are good examples of malarian mimicry, which is a form of mimicry when different types of animals that are like noxious, like they sting or they're they're poisonous, or whatever, they all develop similar coloration. So it's like the predator only has to learn once to avoid them. So the predator doesn't eat one of each mm-hmm. type and like <clears throat> cough it out. It eats one, yeah. like oh, you're all bad. Yeah, well, that's a that's a better. So I feel like with most things like that, I'll just sort of, like, you know, even with, like, just animals that are, like, poison and all that, it, it just seems like you're just taking one for yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, all right, one of us is going to have to get eaten for this bird to not eat anymore. Yeah, this is, like, taking one for like, the genus, straws. you know? It's yeah, way yeah. more effective. It's, it's, it's more efficient. So that's why in, in America, a lot of the... Because if you're in, like, the like East Coast around America, all the bumblebees are going to kind of look the same. Like, they... Have like the blackish, mostly black abdomen, this little black spot on the thorax, you know. And if you're in in California, the bees are really similar there. Uh, there are kind of like four. A study like analyzed it with analyzed a lot of species in the data, and there are four like major color complexes across the United States. There's the Pacific Coastal Region, the Rocky Mountain Region, Great Plains Region, and the Eastern complexes. And the Eastern complexes kind of cover like the whole East Coast to about Ohioish. And Pacific yeah. Coastal and Rocky Mountain speak for themselves. And the Great Plains complex is actually kind of shrinking or getting kind of pushed in the other ones because a lot of the Great Plains species are taking serious hits because the Great Plains are practically gone. Like, because so much farming has wiped out so much of their habitat that that, spe- that, that kind of yeah. color complex is being super reduced. That is kind of unfortunate is that yeah, there's a lot of... Like, like I mean, most bugs, uh, unfortunately, are facing... Um, you know, population declines, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, uh, bumblebees are yeah. not exempt. There's a lot of uh, uh, problems with their conservation, um, which is really unfortunate. Part of part of the problem, actually, uh, I was reading about with some honey, I mean, bumblebee populations is that they actually, 
like, before, you know, the like mechanization of farms and mm-hmm. stuff, their population was doing really well because, you know, during World War One and Two, um, there was, you know, obviously an increased need for food for troops. And so, you know, in like Britain and American stuff, um, they were using more horses and, and all that because they're the things working the farm. Um, and they needed to eat, obviously, so they planted a lot of clover and stuff. And that was really good for the bumblebees because that was like a main source of food. This is more in the UK, I think, actually. But, um, and then after farms got mechanized and they needed less grazing for all the horses and, and stuff to do work on the farm, then that also caused there to be a lot less food for the bumblebees. So it caused a, lo- a, a large population mm-hmm. decline. That's interesting. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a kind of history of bumblebees. It's sort of interesting because they were um, brought over to a lot of places, too, where they weren't natively from. Like, uh, in in New Zealand, they were introduced there. Um, and, I mean, there's a lot of places that they were introduced in because we really like to just bring animals over to where they aren't from. And it's like, ah, this makes sense. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Oh, well. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And their native habitats, though, they are, um, they're in trouble mm-hmm. as well. And it's a lot of it uh, is also there's uh, pesticides absolutely have a negative impact um, on their populations. And, uh, you know, there's the ones that have a negative effect on honeybees, but they also have, you know, maybe even more drastic effect on bumblebees, partly because they'll actually result in not only smaller colonies, but they will, uh, the the bumblebees themselves will have uh, lower brain functions Mm. and learning and using their brains is really important for bumblebees, especially because they kind of like learn. Um, So yeah, so it's a really big Mm. problem. Yeah. Yeah. They they use this learning and that goes well with my next topic is how they forage. And because they, bumblebees forage differently from honeybees in a way because honeybees like they'll go out they'll find a kind of cluster of of flowers like a good area they'll come back they'll tell the hive and then a bunch get sent out but bumblebees all do their they kind of do all do their own thing like when a bumblebee just gets kicked out of the hive and it has really no clue how to forage or or, or find flowers it's the equivalent of uh teaching a kid to swim by just throwing them in the pool yeah but it really is <laughs> Because they just have to go out there, they find a flower, pretty much at random. Like, figure it yeah, out. Yeah, and they kind of just have to figure out how to pollinate it. So for a more complex flower, it'll take them maybe two or three different tries coming back and forth to figure out how to get in and get the nectar. But then they, they establish these patterns of pollination called trapline pollination, where they hit the same uh, clusters of flowers in the, pretty much the same order every time they go out. So they ha- they re- every day they kind of learn this pattern and they learn like the shortcuts between the flowers and they learn how to do it. So learning is super important for bumblebees because they have to learn how to pollinate the flowers. They have to remember how to pollinate the flowers. They have to learn their roots. They have to remember the roots. They have to remember all these different things about pollinating. So when their brain functions are yeah. are impacted, it seriously hurts how they how the colony can thrive because no one no one can pollinate properly. Yeah. yeah. Another little neat fact about foraging, this isn't totally about learning but they can actually the bumblebees can actually detect electric fields on flowers electric fields yeah because the bumblebees are charged i have a hard time detecting things that are like right in front of me i don't <laughs> but the bumblebees have a charge and they land the flower and part of their charge goes to the flower so the, when they leave the they're charged yeah, when they when What's they leave, their, the flowers <laughs> charge differently and other bumblebees can tell that a flower is that another bumblebee's been there because the flowers like charge differently this 
This doesn't sound yeah. real. This sounds like like these bones are gonna start trying to sell me crystals. Or <laughs> it something. does. The the you know? charge of the like no yeah. no it's your charge is on the floor. Yeah. And if you spend thirty dollars for this chunk of quartz, this amethyst like, will <laughs> will neutralize your charge. Yeah. Yeah. If if you're suffering from the effects of pesticides, I have some essential oils you might be interested in. There's like a bee with like like withered wings. It's like oh yeah. A bee is giving someone like an herbal remedy. Bees also. Another interesting thing they can do is all all insects. Most I, I'm pretty sure all insects have the ability to kind of warm themselves up a bit because uh, bumblebees their flight muscles have to be like so warm in order to fly. Kind of like if you have cold muscles, you can't. You might pull a muscle or you can't. You're not as yeah. flexible. I always make sure to hop in the oven for a few minutes. Yeah. Before I get <laughs> Put me on 350 for 20 minutes. Yeah. And so the bumblebees kind of shiver to warm their flight muscles up, but they can actually vibrate their flight muscles independently of the wings because there's a mu- there's a muscle a special muscle the third axillary muscle that connects their main flight muscles to their wings so they can when they relax that muscle there's nothing connecting it's like when you put your car in neutral like there's not or, or there's nothing connecting the actual engine or the driver to the wing so it can mm-hmm. just fully activate its main flight muscles and the wings don't do anything <laughs> so it's just like yeah yeah it doesn't like translate to a massive body movement and they use this for incubating the larva as well, because especially in the spring when it's cooler, the, the queen has to keep the larva warm or they're not going to grow big enough. They're not going to grow properly. So she just basically just drapes her body over the little brood cluster and sips honey oh. out of a little pot and just vibrates her, her main flight muscles to keep them warm. That sounds that Yeah, because uh, they can go up to about... That sounds very peaceful. Yeah, <laughs> very <laughs> idyllic. But yeah, yeah they, they, can, they can bring their internal heat up to about like 30 degrees Celsius. So it, it's no joke. Yeah, but but that, coupled with uh, all the hairs they have in their body, which also helps insulate, it helps them stay active, like way longer than honeybees can, because they can they can be out later, they can get up earlier, they can be more active earlier later into the seasons, because their nests are, like in, they insulate their nests, they can warm up their nests with their own body, they can warm themselves. So heating heating is really important for them to exist in a more temperate climate. Yeah. So bees in general. Uh, you know, obviously they're very popular, and I feel I feel like bumblebees also kind of get extra popular points because, you know, they're so yeah, they're, cute. they're these big, like, fluffy, cute insects. So yeah. it's it's perfect for. They're there. they're they're ideal, but um, yeah. So they're I think probably the one of the most prominent pieces of bee media, in uh, the last couple of years has probably been the bee movie. A true, um, a true generational up. milestone. Yeah. Yes, really, it is, it is just, a, just a, a masterpiece. But I bring this up because, uh, well, that movie is about honeybees. I feel like that movie is part of what really got people onto that whole thing about how, you know, according to the laws of aerodynamics, a bee should not be able to fly, mm-hmm. which is more directed at honey, I mean, bumblebees, uh, rather than honeybees usually. But um, that is a, is a pretty common myth. It's a thing that you hear a lot. It's not true. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's important. I mean, the thing that really, uh, really fascinates me about this is that it's just, it's the most pointless. Um, I get what's like rumor uh, to to spread or even have out there, because it's just, um, it's just, it's not true. Because they fly. Yeah, they do it all the time. <laughs> you can you can like look at your window yeah. and see one flying. Yeah, um, but it's 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 the origins of it are kind of unknown. It's just a thing. There's there's some 
uh, you know, myth or whatever that some aerospace engineer wrote, wrote some calculations down on a napkin and determined it wasn't true. Um, was that like his party trick or something? Actually, yeah, it was something like that. And basically the way it's, it's like the equation that he supposedly used wasn't really right. And they, they have this thing called um, dynamic stall, which I not an aerospace engineer. I don't really understand exactly what this means, but it seems to be basically like the uh, a production of like some air vortex right above the wing that uh, gives them more lift than if it was just them like flapping their wings. Mm-hmm. But something I really like is that if you go to the Wikipedia page for bumblebees and you go down to the misconception about flight uh, section, there's a picture of a bumblebee flying, and it has a caption that says, A widely believed falsehood holds that scientists prove bumblebees to be incapable of flight. So <laughs> they put the picture right over it. I was just mentioning, people like bees in media, and they also like them on YouTube. I did dig up some good ones. And someone, somebody said on a video about bumblebees, obviously. Uh, bumblebees, may be, yeah. bumblebees <laughs> may be fluffy, but I still don't trust them. So I'm just, I'm just imagining her... Like, like leaning back on her front porch with a pair of binoculars, just watching one. Like, yeah, what are you planning? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've never. I feel like I've never um, had any level of trust. I've never looked at an animal like 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 a bee and been like, I trust mm-hmm. you, or I don't. Trust I feel you like I can talk way, to so. you. You know, what would I trust an insect with? Yeah. Like my taxes, <laughs> my yeah. life. I don't know. It's just a little creature. Bum- <laughs> I need you to get. Send this message to my mother. Tell her I'm, Look, tell her I'm, yeah. I'm trapped <laughs> under this tree in the woods. Be here quickly. Yeah. This is my emergency. Yeah, this is my emergency medical number. You yeah, need my, to call. Yeah, I listed my emergency yeah. contact as a bee. And on a video about bee first day, where someone was just feeding a bee, they found bee first aid. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're gonna... Like first aid, like the video is by the bee. It's like a training video. Here's how you make a splint. <laughs> but somebody says. Dear Rick, if Jesus had not landed on Earth, God would have chosen you. There would be no minority in greatness of compassion and compassion. Gold-hearted man, you must establish a love order. First apostle, I am ready to be. Uh, <laughs> this okay. person well, just said that <laughs> if there was no Jesus, you would be Jesus, and I'm ready to follow you. That's that is a pretty intense comment for someone. Yeah, they are fully post, committed. I mean, it is pretty nice. That's pretty nice to post a video of you know helping out a bee. But also, I feel like personally, that's I would you know want some other prerequisites before starting yeah. a religion around. Before that you declare them the Messiah, like you usually want to give it a couple days, you know, maybe uh, check out, see, like find their social media, see if they've been posting anything weird. Just you know, maybe get to know them. Yeah, this person's getting into the ground <laughs> like floor though. You know, a little bit. they want to be like yeah. an early Apple investor or something. You know, it's like yeah. you're nothing right now, but when you're Leading us all to heaven, I suppose. I'm going to be right there. Well, I think that wraps it up for this riveting, heart-wrenching, um, and yet beautiful episode of Insect Beings. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we hope you laughed and cried. I hope uh, you just cried. No and, laughter. Yeah, only actually, I hope you cried the whole time. <laughs> this, this is a no oh, fun allowed podcast. Yeah. Everything we said <laughs> that you thought was a joke was dead serious and we weren't kidding. Yeah. Yeah, well, we hope we hope you come back for another episode of Insect View next week. And between then and now, you can check out our Twitter and Instagram, where we have pictures of uh, general insects. We talk about the previous episodes. Mia does some really cool drawings. And you can give us a little review on iTunes. 
And yep. we hope to see you back next time. Yeah.